with those networks comes sort of credibility and that credibility is really important uh, when it comes to getting a further you know a freelancing job for example i i volunteered with x organization and i happened to interview an editor from y organization in that volunteer role and then 3 months later that editor from y organization reached out to me and said hey do you want to freelance with us the y organization and i said hell yes you know i'm up for that so that sort of connection really helps out and putting myself out there i think she really liked the way i interviewed her and she said you know can you get on board and start helping us with other interviews so i'm i'm hoping to continue that and freelancing is something i can do while studying which is pretty awesome and i i plan to continue that and hopefully get into the industry yeah, as soon as i can hey everybody welcome back to this week's episode of the 501 hustle the only podcast that finds incredible passionate driven gen zers and gives them the opportunity to share their amazing stories, unique insights and awesome side hustles. I am your host Vivek Pandit and we are here today with Radha from India. Hi Vivek, thanks for having me on. Of course, thank you for being here. So Radha is a 20-year-old sports enthusiast studying psych and entrepreneurship at Ashoka University, India. Love for sports has started way back when I was 9 or 10 and my coach in school got me into coming for football practice. Before that I didn't wasn't really interested in waking up early, but ever since that day I've sort of just fallen in love with sports, be it watching it, playing it, talking about it, writing about it. Over the past 10 months, you know, 10 months ago I think um the silver lining of this entire chaotic situation that's going on has been that I've sort of found my identity or I've found myself in terms of what I like to do. She has volunteered with many sporting organizations alongside pursuing her degree. Some of the organizations were Girls Soccer Network, Blue Pilgrims, the One Goal Organization. And I sort of started volunteering with organizations like you mentioned and sort of harnessing all the experience from that. She focuses on creating content and enhancing women's sports. I sort of realized that there is this massive space in the women's sports industry specifically that's not been explored yet. In December 2020, she decided to start her own platform called She Talks Ball. I I realized that I know so much about this because I'm an athlete within the industry. I, you know, have watched so many matches. I I know about the women within the industry, but a lot of people don't. I can actually build this into something of my own, maybe my own portfolio, show who I am and what I'm capable of, and then sort of that's where She Talks Ball my my sort of platform has kicked off. So tell us a little bit about what She Talks Ball is, uh the main reasons you started it and when you started it. So She Talks Ball is a platform which I would like to say is women in sports play ball and they talk ball which means that they have stories, they have insights and experiences to share and many times they're not um heard, they're not enhanced and they're not you know believed in a sense. They're just taken um to be just stories but they are sort of inspiring anecdotes where younger girls can sort of get into the industry just by hearing them out so i aim to sort of highlight experiences stories from women in sports not just athletes but you know agents journalists business women within the industry to show that there is a pathway because unfortunately when i was younger i didn't see a pathway into the sports industry you know and um, that was a heartbreaker for me and hopefully this platform in its small little way helps in showing that pathway to whoever comes on and engages with it too so that that's the idea of how it started and i realized that with all the experience i've gathered i'm able to put some work into it and it's you know um it started actually i launched it on december 19th 2020 so it's very new 
and um, yeah the response has been fantastic I've, again i've realized and that's proof that there is market for this sort of thing and the industry is expanding exponentially so it's it's a great time to get into it so you said you you know you want to highlight in a pathway for younger girls to to go into the sports industry so are you interviewing and when you're sharing you're getting people to share their stories are these professionals or are you interviewing collegiate and high school athletes as well or how is that yeah so um it, in fact it's very strange because it started off i was i was working on some project for my for my college uh, assignments and i just thought why don't i just cold email some agents of these professional athletes that i walk, that i watch on tv every weekend and i just did that and within two days i got a response saying that yeah they'd love to chat and i was like i mean it was a double edged sword because one they're so approachable it's great because i can reach them but two they're professional athletes and they're so approachable means that they aren't they aren't on that big stage you know they aren't somewhere where they're untouchable so that kind of hit me from both directions and i realized that that's something i can do so i plan to highlight athletes from you know all ranges not just professional athletes but my peers who play in college with me and um, other women in sports who are in the admin who are you know directors journalists entrepreneurs i in fact got um someone from canada who's a director of another sort of organization similar to to mine to do an instagram takeover so a lot of my audience got to engage with someone outside of india and realize how she sort of paved her way into the industry and what work she does currently so yeah just smaller stories like that is what i aim to highlight so she talks ball ball meaning just football football or is there like basketball and tennis and other sports you're doing yeah that's that's a great question and i think my parents raise the same thing and i I don't know why but I have this entire different concept of what ball is right so ball is obviously football basketball the, the ball sports but then ball is also just sports in general and then so the outer sort of um layer of that what I see is when you when you play ball it means you know you have skill you're backing yourself you've got confidence you're on the court to show what you're made of so when you talk ball it means you have confidence you know you have stories to share and i think that's really what talk ball is for me is that they have something to say and they're not just here to um be athletes and then go off the tv and not be seen but they're here to be heard as well and i think that's what talk ball symbolizes for me gotcha can you tell us more about what that meant when you said i didn't really see a pathway into the sports industry this is a booming market um people need to become more aware of this like what is all that kind of touching on yeah so um starting off with my personal story i think i was i would like to say that i was pretty good as um you know a youngster about 14 15 years old uh, i was pretty good at cricket which is um something that all indians play you know in their childhood and i was i was quite good i would play with the the boys in my society and uh, there was a world cup where the indian women's team actually made it to the final and i said Oh my god that's that's so cool like my country has a women's team and they're doing so well like I want to do that I want to do that when I grow up and I went ran to my parents and I told them like this is what I want to do I'll find a coaching academy I'll find coaches xyz I'll do everything and they they've always supported me they still do but they were like you know we just don't see a pathway where you can do this is going to be financially stable we don't there there are no advertisements about you know women playing in playing cricket in india there are no there are no academies nearby my school coach had no clue about any women's academy so it was really a very hidden sort of market and i mean that phase just passed by i was in school it was not worth sort of risking my education to follow this passion and um yeah i mean that just went by and i got over that heartbreak but i realized that um you know i don't want others to go through that too because that was something really really close to my heart and i'm quite sad that i missed out on it but 
having said that using that passion that energy to sort of cultivate and make something else out of it i think um, just using that to be more productive in the sense of highlighting a pathway because that's what i can do now and creating content to show people that there is this pathway there are these women doing this and and that's pretty awesome and you can do that too you know if you start now which i didn't do uh, so yeah and booming market i mean if um, people who follow sports in general they they would have heard of statistics of the viewership you know exponentially increasing every year be it the, like the nwsl in over in the states which is the women's domestic soccer league um they, they had a 493% increase in viewership this year so wow. it's not just yeah it's not just 10 20% it's like over 100% increase and that's just that's going up you know sponsors are getting into it there's more resources time effort belief i think belief is a resource too because with belief comes everything else and a lot of that is being poured into these leagues obviously a lot more is needed but it's a start so i i see that as a market and i'm sort of selfishly glad that this is expanding while i'm growing up because i realize i can just be a part of this exponential growth and yeah that would be pretty awesome that is amazing um so you were growing up and you you so you had a dream a desire to play professional sports and it was and then it was crushed and then you figured out a way to take that passion and manifest it into a different initiative um do you see yourself first of all are you playing sports right now in college Yeah, I'm playing on a football team, which is soccer uh, for yeah. everyone listening from the United States. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you're so you're playing you're playing football right now. Um, is there a desire to enter the industry also from another angle, like like coaching or training, or is there anything else that you're also interested in when it comes to this industry? Yeah. So um, I, I mean, coaching would require a certain coaching license and things like that. But I, I do believe grassroots is the way into into any industry, especially when it comes to sports. um having mentors is one thing and then being a mentor is something else and i think grassroots is an approach that people don't usually take because it seems like uh there's nothing coming out of it there's no real returns nobody knows who you are if you're coaching your local town's team right but uh, that's really the way you get into the industry so i haven't thought about coaching that's pretty interesting um I don't see myself doing that right now because I think what my strength right now is creating content and um freelancing like I'm already doing I think that sort of and with this you know this virtual age that we're in I'm able to sit at home and have live interviews with professional athletes for other organizations as well so um well I mean coaching you brought it up is really interesting I I'm I'm open to that because I I I do um enjoy uh you know sort of the tactics of the game and you know outside of uh, playing i do sort of like watching it and breaking it down and it'll be really cool to pass on a few things that i've learned from my mentors but i think as of this moment as a student and person growing up within this industry i think creating content talking about it um is is in a way coaching right because the younger people and the younger kids boys and girls get to see what this industry is all about and as soon as they do that they'll be inclined to get into it as well Yeah, I love that answer. I was I was asking twofold because a I noticed myself like I love American football. I played in high school and then mm-hmm. played rugby in college, but I love like every time I talk about the sport, the more and more I catch myself learning the intricacies of the game or the strategies of the game. And one day I mean I always think about myself like in the future I I want to coach like little league football. Um I feel like I know too much from watching it. So I didn't know if that was naturally occurring to you as well. And the second thing is um through your your like podcast or youtube videos and your three things you focus on right content coverage and conversation 
there seems to be a natural coaching element in there where you're kind of, like you said, you're explaining to the younger people or to your audience, like, you know, how the game works, how the industry works. Uh, so that's, I was just, didn't, I didn't know if you were thinking about, you know, spinning off into something else in the industry as well, but let's talk about, so what does content coverage conversation? I mean, obviously everyone knows what those words mean, but what is like your focus when it comes to promoting those three things? So I think it all stems from my personal journey and my personal experience, because when I was younger, there was no coverage. So I had no clue that women were even playing sports that I liked, or I, I had no clue that India had a team. And I think from coverage, you know, content and conversation sort of stems out because as soon as I saw them, I wanted to talk about them and I wanted to uh, share a post with my with my school team or whatever, my peers or my cricket team in the building saying, hey, look, look our team is doing this. And as soon as you do that, people start talking about it. That creates conversation. And then, you know, as that sort of starts snowballing, people, th- there is a demand for that coverage and then that coverage increases. And as soon as that happens, that cycle sort of gets reinforced and it keeps going. So the, the real key, I think, with women in sports and the women's sports industry, the fact is that the men's sports industry has had a head start in, in many sports. And that's that's like a generalization I can make. Like So in my opinion, I think the men have had a head start. So when it comes to the women's industry, uh, many people say, why should we invest? Because we, are getting le- we aren't getting equal returns. But the problem is, if you never invest, you'll never get the returns. And what can viewers like you and me sitting at home do about this industry? We're not qualified to really get into it and put our money into it. It's not like we're investors, but we can create conversation. We can create coverage and content, which then creates demand. And then eventually the demand snowballs into something bigger where investors and corporates see that this is something worth investing into. And as soon as you do that, I mean, there are there are reports after reports that prove that investment has results. And has, um, you know, if you invest in your club team, you get accolades and you win Champions League titles and things like that. So I think a small thing that a viewer can do sitting at home is create conversation and content on it or not even create, but just engage with content that's already been created. And as soon as you do that, coverage will come on its own. So who are some of the other uh, players in the industry? You said the industry's this this market's been growing. Um you know, viewership of women's sports has increased over 100%. Are there other like big content creators or women in sports coverage people out there that you're kind of trying to copy or mirror or almost view as competitors? There are a couple. I, I again, don't know too many. And that just is testament to the fact that there isn't too much coverage on people across the world as well. But there are a couple in the UK who are relatively young and they cover women's football, which I do watch. And I've in fact even messaged them and they've replied saying, oh, all the best kind of thing. When I was when I was like two, three years ago, uh, figuring, when I really you know looked up to them and I said that this is some, this is so cool. I mean, you do this for a living. That's that's really awesome. And um, yeah, so I think not I don't. So I really don't think they're competitors because if there are 10 people doing this instead of two, I, I'd just be happy. And um, so, yeah, there are a couple who are dabbling in sort of, you know, having their own sort of platform. But that's not what they do full time. They also freelance, which you know, they can use their skills to enhance other people's organizations, which is something that I've recently gotten into. Like, I didn't know what freelancing was exactly until I became one. And um, it, it's been pretty awesome. So I think um, not, they, I don't view them as competitors. I view them as people who we can collaborate with. I've even collaborated with one of them on in, a, in another platform that I was volunteering with. But yeah, it's pretty awesome to see them. Um, and, you know, people like myself and younger people also sort of rising up from countries that don't have too much coverage, like India, we can't even watch our own team's matches on TV because they aren't streamed. But the fact that we're able to sort of um, create this conversation and the fact that we're having this conversation right now sort of shows the way that 
it is moving forward and people are talking about it more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still find it shocking that you didn't, as a, as a female athlete that who enjoyed sports, like didn't even know that there was a women's team in India. That's crazy. So what are the long-term plans? Cause you're only 20 and you're in college. Are you, is and you mentioned just earlier, you knew someone that was doing this full time to, you know, to make money and as their actual occupation, is this something that you want to do full time? And if so, like, what is the new, what's like the growth strategy or the new avenues you want to attack? That's that you sound like my parents right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, so this, this entire freelancing thing, it's been about a month since I've gone into it and I had, I had this winter break, break that was going on. So I was almost just doing that full time, but as my semester has begun and I'm also freelancing, I've realized that, um, it's something that I'm able to manage side by side. And I, I honestly didn't think I would study sport. I mean, I, I don't study sport right now either or sports management or sports, anything related to that journalism for that matter. But um, I'm, I'm looking to sort of study more if possible, um, a, a master's in something related to this industry. But at the same time, since I've had this, you know, by the time I graduate, I would have had two years of experience, firsthand experience within the industry, you know, earning and being sort of in the spotlight with uh, globally established organizations. And if if an opportunity comes my way, I'm, um, you know, I have to take that call on whether I want to study further. Or I want to take that opportunity because I'm able to sort of translate my experience into some work. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely plan on all my friends tell me this too, that um, you have to get into this because I'm constantly making them watch games or talking to them about what's happening next weekend um, on TV. But yeah, that's the aim to get into this full time to hopefully make a mark within India, hopefully, because um, I know maybe I can count them on like one hand, the number of content creators or women content creators within the sporting industry here. So um, hopefully uh, very soon, sort of I'm building networks. And I think that's really important for sort of any occupation that you're getting into, but sports, especially where I'm able to build ne- networks through these volunteering opportunities that I'm getting. That sounds like an awesome plan. I'm rooting for you. What about like as athletes, right? There's, there's this pull to sports. There's a reason why we, whether it's for the team, whether it's, you know, the routine or the discipline or that just for me on Friday night on the high school football field, like there was a feeling that, you know, couldn't beat that feeling. Um, what is it about sports that, that you love so much that kind of pulled you in in the beginning before it got into like, you know, trying to inspire others and trying to like fix this problem in this market before any of that, like what is your personal love and joy for sports? Yeah, I think I've always uh, just grown up being an athlete, you know, playing anything. But I think for me, it was team sports that really sort of drew me into it. I mean, if I think, I think if I got into badminton or tennis or something, I would not have enjoyed it too much. Um, Although that discipline, the routine, the fitness, the mental health, physical health all comes into that. I think the people around me is what really drew me into it. And the fact that we collectively have one goal, which is to win something or is to score a goal or is to defend your goal, whatever it is. But I think that collective effort really drew me, you know, going back to the field every day. And especially in college in my first year when we were on campus, we had three hours of practice every evening. And, you know, after a grueling day of studies, we would all collect on the field from six to nine o'clock at night and just play our hearts out. And I think it's testament to the fact that the the player to player connection or the person to person connection or your teammates bond that you have, the chemistry that you have is really what pulls me. I think I'm a people's person Mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that I got into team sports specifically and was able to stick around for long enough to just fall in love with it. And obviously I'm, I'm super hyper competitive. So that helps out while I'm playing sports. (laughs) 
but yeah that's that's really what drew me i think the people around me i'm glad to have had some really cool teammates who who've been as competitive as me to otherwise you know i get irritated when people aren't competitive like i want to win like why don't you want to win but i've had that good balance of winning enough and also learning a lot and i think sports obviously as we all know teaches us a lot in terms of leadership communication discipline whatever it is you name it love it do you have any cool insights or individuals that you have interviewed or networked with in the industry that you could share a little story or anecdote about yeah okay uh, so i organi- uh, i'm sorry i volunteered with the one goal organization which i've been following for a while and it's basically a non-profit organization which takes signed jerseys from professional athletes and auctions them off or bids them on raffle tickets and collects that money and sends it to a charity and it's like it's like an established organization it's co-founded by one of um a professional athlete from Sweden um who's an olympic winner and a world cup medalist too so i i was following that around i would always look at these jerseys and hopefully like hope to bid on them but i never ended up doing so but then they said we're opening up for volunteer programs for our next ca- campaign of uh, donations and, and i got and i said i want to help with the presenting and i want to help with the interviews because they had the segment where every player who had donated a jersey would come on for an instagram live and talk about their jersey and where they had worn it and what it means to them and why they want to donate it and things like that and i said pretty awesome to interview someone like that yeah. uh, so so i sent out a cold email to them i got a reply i got into the team I helped out the social media department and finally you know that interview stage came where I was sort of asked to interview um her name is Amali Tastrup she is a Danish player and she plays for Liverpool and um it was 1:30 a.m. for me it was around 6 or 7 in UK time but I was obviously up I was hyped on adrenaline and I logged on to the Instagram live and and she came on and and we had a really cool chat and I think uh it's so weird because all my nerves just went away and i realized that i'm very comfortable in front of the camera and in front of like like my idol almost right like she's a professional player playing in the top flight in england so i think um that that was one anecdote that i mean i tell my team about a lot another one would be aditi johan who is the indian women's national team goalkeeper and she's she's like a big player in india and especially playing um football in india with my women's team we all look up to her and i told them that i'm going to be interviewing her on an instagram live and they said that's crazy you're going to join we're going to ask questions it's going to be so cool and it was supposed to be a 25 minute chat but it went on for an hour because we just had so much fun talking about her journey and indian football and things like that so those were like and i was very young i think i was like naive and i didn't know what was going on how to even work instagram live that time but yeah it was pretty cool and those are something that i'll probably remember even 10 15 years down the line you you contacted some of these amazing people through cold emailing that seems to be like a trend in this in this episode with you in this interview mm-hmm. what are like in a way I mean you are an entrepreneur based off what you're doing and you know you can call yourself a freelancer or whatever but similar to me when it comes to being an entrepreneur you have to you have to cold email you have to reach out and get those first you know customer clients for you it's those first people you want to interview what was that process like when you're like okay I am a female athlete who loves this industry who sees this problem I want to fix it I need to interview people uh you have all these ideas what's like the next step is it to email a bunch of people is it to create a social media site like how do you get rolling yeah and i think that's what really drew me to your entire podcast and the entire concept because it's the 501 hustle and i think that that word is so important because it's not the 501 project or the 501 idea yeah. it's what you do beyond that right it's the hustle and um it was you know it was um 
I had the same question where do I build a website directly or do I just, you know, get sort of traction with my social media platform and then start reaching out. But I just starting off in August where I cold emailed someone for a volunteer role. I was, I was actually brushing my teeth and scrolling through Instagram when I saw an ad and I said, I'm going to just send them an email right now. I'm not going to wait. I have everything ready. I'm going to send it to them. Within two days, I heard back and my entire summer, I volunteered with Girls Soccer Network and I'm still in touch with the CEO and the, the people in the team around me. So I think it starts off with just having that intent. I think intention is really important. But when it comes to building a plat, what sort of platform do you base yourself off first? I think LinkedIn was really important for me. Like strangely enough, I, I just built my LinkedIn profile around the similar time when I started emailing everyone. So it's not like I had like a, an established platform ready. But um, it's just about, and I think within my industry, what the thing was, was I had to just prove myself. I didn't have to show any numbers or any platform that I had or what I had done. I just had to show them that they mattered and that I, I wanted to contribute. And as soon as I did that, when I got my first volunteer role, that became credibility. And then I got my second and third and then that piled on until I got my freelance role. And now I have all these things up on my LinkedIn profile, which um, I... I honestly would not have had if the pandemic didn't happen, strangely enough, because I would be on campus and I would be wow. just a student playing football and enjoying college life. But I'm at home and I'm doing all these weird, funky things. Um, so yeah, that's the silver lining. I, and I think social media is, is a key. I mean, it always is. There are pros and cons to social media, but it's important to harness the, the good side of it because networks you know, in this day and age are built on social media, be it LinkedIn, be it Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. I think it's important to get that up and running. And that's why I wanted to have She Talks Ball as my portfolio. It didn't even start off as something I wanted like actively contribute on. It was just a, a space where I can keep putting my work, mm. which acts as a credible platform to share. If I say that I want, hey, I'm signing up for this job or I want this, I'm, I'm applying for this thing. And here is my portfolio. It's easy to sort of have that everything in one space. But I realized that that can be much more than just my portfolio. And that's what I'm sort of working towards. I think social media is the way to begin. That's where you get networks. That's where you get credibility. And putting yourself out there. I think it's important to sell yourself almost. So during this entrepreneurship journey that you're describing, what are some lessons that you've learned that, that listeners could definitely you know, learn from as they try to embark on their own journeys? That's interesting. Hmm. I think the main lesson would be that you're not always going to get replies. You know, and you have to keep your expectations low. I think that's the first thing when you're starting out for any industry, anything at all. Um, keep your expectations low and sort of keep your work ethic high. Keep your keep the hustle alive. I think you know that's just a perfect word to describe what an entrepreneur sort of um, really what their work is. It's that they don't know what's gonna come. They don't know if um, you know their numbers are gonna rise or whatever the graph is gonna go upwards. But you have to believe in it and um, so I think keeping expectations low is a big one. And for me personally, I, I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to chase numbers and I'm not going to say, oh, my followers are not increasing. So this is not working out because I know that this sort of content has an intrinsic impact. It's not something that you see on the surface where your, you know, your numbers increasing and that's the impact. It's like people listen to it and then they take, it, take something away and they talk to it about they talk about it to two other people and they they talk about it to four other people so your following won't really increase but you know your mission and your vision is increasing so yeah i think that would be you know in my small experience that i've had so far those would be some of the takeaways i love that you said money and followers or numbers and followers 
follow. When I did my internship in Detroit at Quicken Loans, uh, the chairman guy basically he had a couple quotes that he his culture his whole company abided by, and one of them was, "Money and numbers follow; they don't lead." And it was uh, at first, like as an entrepreneur who. You know, you're you're trying to make money. You're trying to maybe get acquired. You're trying to build profit. Maybe even like get money from investors. Clearly, money and, and numbers are important. Um, and for someone to be worth as much as he is, I mean, billions of dollars. For him to say, well, actually, you make more money when you follow a passion, and then money seems to be chasing you. Uh, I thought that was one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. I'm super glad that that seems to be what you've learned on your own journey as well. So that's really cool. Um, what are some, it's kind of along the same lines, but any like failures or like maybe a challenge. So the way you navigated, and it sounds like your parents are supporting, but navigating like as an Indian female who wants to go into like the sports industry, like, and then navigating that conversation with your parents, how do you do that? Like if there's people listening who have ideas that their family might disagree with, or, you know, they feel like they're not the expert. How do you kind of get over that tension? That's, that's a great question. And I think I've very recently learned the answer is to show them that it works Hmm. because I spent 10 months volunteering and they said, why are you, why are you doing work for someone who won't even like care about it? It's not like they're paying you. It's not like, you know, anything's happening. And I, I kept doing it. I had time to do it. So I went on doing it. And then, you know, sort of 10 months down the line, I got this freelance role, which means I'm sort of earning si- on, on the side of my, you know, college degree. And then I, and you know, sometimes with Indian parents, it's like, will it be financially stable? That's the, that's the end that's goal. That's why I'm the asking question. the question. <laughs> exactly. So the second I said, I've got this freelance role and I'll earn for every, every video I make or every sort of content uh, piece I put out there. They said, that's really cool. I mean, that's a thing. That's a job. Like that can happen. And I said, yeah, I- I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. So as soon as you show them that it works, they buy into it. And how do you make it work? comes back to the hustle, the expectations low, keeping your blinders on and, you know, working with optimism and um, while, I mean, I guess not uh, ignoring everything outside, but knowing that you will trust the process and that um, networks help out and everything will follow. And I think I, I, I experienced that firsthand where I just worked, I put, just put my head down and I worked and opportunities followed. That's awesome. I recently read a quote that said, I think it's by Einstein actually. It was bit, so I'm going to get this wrong now, but I'm paraphrasing. Basically, it was like, you will never come up to, with a solution to a problem if you use the same framework in which the problem was created. And with you right here, you're basically saying, you know, the framework is, is this industry isn't financially stable. Like your parents aren't, they cannot see how this is possible. And instead of arguing back, I will make money. I am smart enough. I will be fine. Like, why don't you believe in me? You change the framework to say, hey, let's look at the world of possibility of all these possible revenue streams, of all these like word of mouth, you know, um, promoting the message and stuff. And now all of a sudden you find a solution to the problem because you use a different framework. So I think uh, this might be the first, I, I just heard that quote. So that was great that you just basically put it into a real world example right there. So do you have um, any, were there any like female role models in your family or uh maybe close friends or something or athletes, or was this more like, you know, you saw women athletes on TV and and were inspired to someone you might've not known personally. So uh, when it comes to sporting role models, nobody that I know of personally. Um, And very recently in my life, I've actually 
seen them on tv too i didn't i didn't uh, see them on tv when i was so i'm 20 right now i probably saw them when i was 17 so not before that oh recently yeah yeah so so in terms of sporting and sort of the industry i want to follow not really in terms of work ethic and being successful and you know backing your skill obviously i think my my mom and my two aunts are a, a big sort of influence on me but i think that's where it sort of comes down to right that i just in fact, you know, my first ever, um, here's a, like a weird anecdote, is my first ever Instagram live, which is like the first ever interview that I did with uh, the Indian footballer that I spoke about. I actually got that role because I had a fight with the, with the dude who runs that page. And I said that you're not covering women enough. I mean, so Blue Pilgrims is the official supporters group of Indian football. And I messaged that dude and I said, like, you know, you, you say you're Indian football, but where are the women? I don't see them. And he said, oh, we're working on it. Do you want to help out? And I just said, yeah, like, obviously. And then two days later, he calls me. I don't know him at all, but he calls me and says, hey, so we've got Aditi Chauhan on for an Instagram live. Do you want to host it? I said, are you crazy? Like, I've never done this. Um, <laughs> I'll freak out. He said, no, you'll be fine. Just do it. And I mean, I, I barely even knew his name at that time. And I just got onto this live and I did it. And that's where it really began because that's that life then I sort of shared around and people saw it and said, hey, you're confident, you know, you seem to be good at this. And then I got role after role after role. So I think um, in terms of that sort of role model, I didn't have one, but I just nosedived into it. And I realized that um, sometimes, you know, you can just uh, bank on your own experience and your own, uh, the, the own pathway that you make which was what happened in my case. But as soon as I got into that pathway, then I, then I saw that, hey, you know, this person in the UK is doing something similar. So I started following them. And these two people in Australia are doing something similar, you know, along the lines of what I want to do in the future, maybe something like something similar to She Talks Ball. And I started getting into their work. And I think so I, I broke into the industry on my own, uh, if, that's, if that makes sense. And then I sort of uh, saw, saw people visibly that were doing the same thing as I was. And I just want to remind everyone that's listening, everything she's saying she's accomplished has happened. Tomorrow is your month anniversary. So that is, like I said, unbelievable how fast you've done this and happy early one month anniversary. Thank you. Um, okay. So I want to wrap up with one more question because I know you got to get going, but to everyone listening, and again, we've, we've kind of covered this, but what are ways men and women can get involved with what you're doing? Maybe beyond just reading and engaging. Like, I know that's the, that's, that's a lot right there. Um, but is the first step that can be a little bit more passive. Is there any active steps, especially for people who just, who might love sports in general, like who are willing to go out of their way to take that next step. Is there anything that you could tell those types of people? Uh, go watch, go watch sports, you know, go watch women in sports. And I think, um, you, people say that oh it's not as fast it's not they're not as strong and that whole sort of argument is there but you have to watch it to see it i mean there is a reason why the viewership numbers are increasing as they are and there's a reason why there's such a big demand for it is because people more people want to watch it because it's worth watching so i think if if you are that uh, that sort to go out of your way to enhance the industry which you think deserves to be enhanced i think go watch it if you can i mean you know if it's safe enough and if precautions are there go watch it if you can't watch it at home and create demand because as soon as you create demand, there's like this vacuum that has to be filled with more investment and more coverage. And I, I, I mean, if you talk to any woman in the sports industry or any person in the women's sports industry in general, they keep talking about investment. And it's sort of that word that keeps, it's at the back of everyone's mind because that's what is needed. And it's not just money, it's time, resources, energy. 
belief, as I said, I think belief is a big investment because as soon as you believe that, hey, that's something I want to watch, you'll go and watch it. And your time, your ticket purchase, everything is an investment. So, you know, that's it. I have to say, watch it. I guarantee you'll enjoy it. Um, watch it with with the understanding that there has been a head start in the in the men's counterpart of that sport or that event. But, um, you know, and and you can see that in such a way that every woman in the sports industry is sort of already breaking barriers because they're, they're in a space that they were not supposed to be in, in quotation marks, because um, they're not encouraged to be there. There, there are a lot of um, sexist boundaries and, you know, boundaries that have to be overcome, especially just for women. So the fact that they're there and the fact that they're breaking barriers within that industry is something to be applauded and acknowledged. And I think um, as soon as we start doing that more and more, that industry is going to just open wide up. That's super exciting, super inspiring. Um, thank you so much for being here. And can you let everyone know your uh, Instagram handle or any other way you would like people to connect with you? Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at SheTalksBall. And if you want to reach my personal handle, that's at RadhaLathGupta, R-A-D-H-A-L-A-T-H-G-U-P-T-A. I'd love to sort of uh, chat with you. And if you want to get into some sport that you're kind of confused on how to get into, I'd, I'd love to sort of catch up and understand, um, you know, where you want to go. And I always sort of love talking sports and women in sports. So yeah, it'd be fantastic uh, to chat with some of you too. Awesome. We will be sure to put that contact info in the description. And I am, I'm pretty sure we'll have some people reach out. This seems like an awesome initiative. Um, it seems like a very inspiring initiative and something, like you said, you're a people person, you seem approachable. So I'm excited to see if, if we have any listeners join you on your projects. Uh, but to everyone else listening, thank you guys so much for being here. And as usual, if you or anyone else has an awesome 501 hustle that you would like to share with our listeners, please reach out. We'd love to have you on. But in the meantime, um, enjoy your week and we'll have you back next week on Thursday. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend.